The first lesson comes from the prophet Ezekiel, selected verses from the 34th chapter. Thus says the Lord God, I myself will search for my sheep and will seek them out. As shepherds seek out their flocks when they are among their scattered sheep, so I will seek out my sheep. I will rescue them from all the places to which they have been scattered on a day of clouds and thick darkness. I will bring them out from the peoples and gather them from the countries and will bring them unto their own land and I will feed them on the mountains of Israel by the watercourses and in all the inhabited parts of the land. I will feed them with good pasture and the mountain heights of Israel shall be their pasture. There they shall lie down in good grazing land and they shall feed on rich pasture on the mountains of Israel. I myself will be the shepherd of my sheep and I will make them lie down, says the Lord God. I will seek the lost and I will bring back the strayed and will bind up the injured and I will strengthen the weak. But the fat and the strong I will destroy. I will feed them with justice. Therefore, thus says the Lord God to them, I myself will judge between the fat sheep and the lean sheep, because you pushed with flank and shoulder and butted all the weak animals with your horns until you scattered them far and wide. I will save my flock, and they shall no longer be ravaged and I will judge between sheep and sheep. I will, set them over, I will set over them one shepherd, my servant David, and he shall feed them. He will feed them and be their shepherd. And I, the Lord, will be their God, and my servant David shall be a prince among them. I, the Lord, have spoken. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be to God. Our gospel lesson today comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 25, starting with verse 31. Listen for God's word for us today. When the Son of Man comes in his glory, and all the angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory, all the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate people one from another, as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will put the sheep at his right hand and the goats at his left. Then the king will say to those at his right hand, Come, you that are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you took care of me. I was in prison and you visited me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry and gave you food or thirsty and gave you something to drink? 
And when was it that we saw you a stranger and welcomed you, or naked and gave you clothing? And when was it that we saw you sick or in prison and visited you? And the king will answer them, Truly I tell you, just as you did it to one of the least of these who are members of my family, you did it to me. Then he will say to those at his left hand, You that are accursed, depart from me into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me no food. I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger and you did not welcome me, naked and you did not give me clothing, sick and in prison and you did not visit me. Then they will also answer, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not take care of you? Then he will answer them, Truly I tell you, just as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. This is the word of the Lord. When we read a story in the Bible, most of us naturally try to fit ourselves into it. We all have characters in the Bible we really identify with, or people that we think, oh, I would never be like that. Whenever I read about Sarah laughing when God tells her she will have a child at age 100, I think, mm-hmm, that checks out. I would also be laughing with Sarah. But when Jonah would rather jump into the sea in the middle of a storm than do the thing God called him to do, I would like to think that I would have been on board a little bit faster than Jonah was. We like to picture ourselves as David and not Goliath. We want to be disciples and not Pharisees. We personalize all of these stories by putting ourselves into them. And so, of course, the big question in today's story is, am I a sheep or am I a goat? And as the song I learned in Sunday school says, I want to be a sheep. I don't want to be a goat. So I start trying to place myself as I read. First, we have the sheep. They gave food and drink to the hungry and thirsty. They welcomed strangers, clothed people in need, visited the sick and those in prison. Okay, I brought clothes to the desk drive last month, and I serve in the kitchen at Solzbacher from time to time, and I donate to organizations that help people who are sick or in need. So far, so good. I'm racking up some wins in the sheep column. And then we get to the goats, and Jesus says, as you did not do it to one, just one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And I did drive by several unhoused folks on my way to church this morning, and I didn't stop and help them. And the last time the cashier at Publix asked me if I wanted to tack on $5 to my order for a good cause, I didn't do it. And there have been several GoFundMes for the healthcare costs of friends and friends that I haven't donated to, and suddenly maybe this isn't looking so good for me? Maybe I'm a goat? Well, friends, I'm just going to give you the spoiler right now. We can put down all of our anxieties about whether we are making the cut as sheep or as goats. You are a sheep, and I am a sheep. We are all sheep. This teaching of Jesus is not really about how to punch our ticket 
into the kingdom of God if we are just generous enough or help enough people or pay enough attention to all the suffering around us. You're never going to do enough or be enough or help enough to earn your way into God's kingdom, so you can just put that aside now. And praise God, it really doesn't work like that. Jesus says that the kingdom has been prepared for the sheep before the foundations of the world. Their ticket was punched long before the world was ever made, before they ever did or did not serve a single person. So how do we know that we are sheep? We know by God's grace, because we are a part of the body of Christ, and we have been called by God into God's family. We have been sealed in the covenant of baptism and marked as God's own, because we have been claimed in faith and transformed by the Spirit. We are sheep because Jesus Christ, our good shepherd, in his infinite love and grace, has called all of us sheep and has prepared the kingdom for us. Thanks be to God. So now that we've got all that scary judgment stuff out of the way, what are we actually supposed to do with this story? If it's not about our instructions for how to get to heaven, then what's it really about? Like so much of scripture, our best clue as to what is happening here can be found in everything happening around the story. Jesus doesn't offer this teaching in isolation. In fact, it is the very last teaching in the last set of teachings recorded in the Gospel of Matthew. So according to Matthew, this is the last thing that Jesus wanted to leave his disciples before the Last Supper, the crucifixion, and the resurrection. So perhaps we ought to listen in and pay attention. It comes at the end of what is known as the Little Apocalypse of Matthew, which is a section of the Gospel where Jesus talks about the end times. The conversation starts with the disciples noting the grandeur of the temple in Jerusalem, at which point Jesus gives them the bad news that the temple is not going to last much longer. The disciples, of course, want to know when the temple is going to fall, and in response, Jesus launches into this whole discourse on the end of days and the strife that's going to engulf the world. He tells parables that urge the disciples to watchfulness and stewardship, guarding what has been entrusted to them until the Lord returns. And then he closes with our teaching today, the judgment of nations as the culmination of this apocalyptic vision. Does anyone else feel like maybe we might be living in our own little apocalypse right now? The news headlines these days are just absolutely devastating, heralding the end of democracy, the possibility of civil war, ecological collapse, hospitals overflowing, nuclear threats, unaffordable food and gas. I mean, these are just the headlines I've seen in the last two weeks. It feels like the world could be ending, or at least the world as we know it. And that doesn't even mention the many personal devastations that don't stop just because everything around us seems up in flames. Jobs ending, cancer diagnoses, the deaths of parents and children and spouses, relationships disintegrating, Perhaps we need to take a closer look at what Jesus has to say about the apocalypse. Here's the thing about apocalypses in the Bible. They don't actually give us a roadmap for the end times. You can't set your watch by what Jesus says here. He's not giving us a literal account of the events of the end of the world, nor do I believe we are actually at the end of the world. 
What biblical apocalypses do is they pull back the curtain between what is happening in this world in which we live and move and what God is doing behind the scenes in places that we just cannot see. Biblical apocalypses take for granted that the world is full of strife, but they remind us that God is not absent in that strife. They call us to faithfulness by reminding us that at the end of all things, Jesus Christ will still be standing. That is what we find in this tale of the sheep and the goats. We find Jesus Christ, our good shepherd, the son of man, sitting on his glorious throne in majesty. And this is where we get our clue as to how we are to keep faith when everything around us seems to be falling apart. This is our operating manual for the apocalypse. You see, just because we are sheep, just because we know that we are in the kingdom, we're not off the hook. We still have work to do. Being a sheep comes with responsibility. In the prior parables, Jesus urges watchfulness and he urges stewardship. And then here in this tale of judgment of the sheep and the goats, he merges those two themes together to urge us to service. For the last several parables, Jesus has been repeating, keep watch, be on the lookout. You do not know when you will see the Lord. And so here the sheep and the goats ask him, Lord, when did we see you? And he tells them that he was present in every suffering person that they encountered. And so this is how we keep our faith in times of trouble. This is how we act like sheep. With stewardship of what God has entrusted to us and watchfulness for God at work, we venture out into this hard world. We don't shy away from the hardship we find in the world. We don't shy away from suffering and need. Here at Riverside Presbyterian Church, many of us can insulate ourselves from the suffering of the world through our privilege. We have money, we have connections, we live in a culture that, quite frankly, was designed to work for most of us. We can ride out higher food or gas prices, and while we would feel a recession, it would not leave most of us destitute, as it would many others. We have access to resources such as excellent medical care. We even have some of the best doctors in town right here in our pews who we could call if we had a problem. And so Jesus's call here to us is to step outside of the protection of our privilege, to truly see and to meet and to listen to those in need around us and to enter into their need, to accompany them in whatever ways that we are able. We steward the privilege and the resources we have for the sake of our neighbor and for the world. As sheep, we need to lay down our privilege that protects us in the world and rest in the protection of our good shepherd. Do you know the difference between the sheep and the goats in this story? I don't think it's actually that the sheep served so many people, everyone they saw, met the needs of every person they encountered, and that the goats just ignored everybody they saw. No, Jesus credits just one act of service to the sheep, but he penalizes the goats for just one missed opportunity. So I think it's that the sheep really took notice of the needs around them, whereas the goats just tried to rush through helping so they could pat themselves on the back for the good deed that they had done. For the sheep, it was about the people they served, and for the goats, it was about themselves. 
Notice how the sheep and the goats frame their responses to Jesus. The goats ask, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and we did not take care of you? But the sheep ask, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry and did not give you food? Or did give you food and thirsty and gave you something to drink? And when was it that we saw you a stranger and welcomed you? Or naked and gave you clothing? And when was it that we saw you sick or in prison and visited you? The goats see one pool of need that's all lumped together, something to be taken care of quickly. But the sheep see and respond to each individual need. They distinguish between hunger and thirst or lack of housing and clothing, unjust imprisonment or medical need. They listen to what those who are truly suffering need and they meet them there. So friends, when everything around us is falling apart, what do we do? We remember that we are sheep. We look clear-eyed into the strife. We really see the suffering and the needs around and amongst us. And we discern individually and communally how we are being called as God's people to respond. We look always for Jesus whose face we will find in the most mundane places and in the most surprising places, in prisons and in hospital wards, in homeless shelters and soup kitchens, on street corners and in immigration offices, and even in the hidden hardship of the person in the pew next to us today. And we seek to love and meet the needs of those around us with the assurance that Jesus Christ surely sits on his throne, which makes us bold to serve sacrificially knowing that even as we meet the needs of others, our every need will be met. Let us heed the voice of our Good Shepherd, who calls us to faithfulness and to service. Glory to the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, one God and Mother of us all, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen.